Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, the host of the program. Normally alongside uh, each and every week, of course, is my good friend and co-host, uh, LPJ professional Cindy Miller and Legends Tour player. Um, but Cindy's off this week. She's, uh, uh, I believe, doing a corporate event this week. Uh, I, I, last week, I believe she was off for the, uh, one of the Legends Tour events. So, uh, but she'll be joining me back here on the show uh, next week. And I uh, look forward to, to welcome her back uh, to uh, our regular weekly show. Um, but I want to thank all of you for joining in this morning. We've got a, a very good show. I've got two great guests. Uh, first up is going to be Maya Schechter. She's the winner of this past weekend's uh, annual Four Wins uh, Invitational. And we're going to talk a little bit about her win and, and just uh, some other things as well that we've got planned. And then a little bit later on in the show, another great young lady from the Smetra Tour is going to be joining me, uh, Jillian Hollis. And we'll talk to her about her debut event coming up this weekend at the Forsyth Classic. But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining me in this morning. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit about uh, the show and where you can tune in for those of you that are are joining for the first time, some great options. Um, Obviously, every week we're here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type women of golf up in the search key, and that will take you to the main page. And, of course, we're front and center every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. other great ways that you can tune into the program, you can go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, or now TuneIn.com, and again, just type in uh, Women of Golf, and that will take you there as well. Uh, always update on social media. Uh, on my personal page, Ted Odorico, and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O is the correct spelling of my last name. Uh, you can follow the show there on my personal page and connect with me there as well. If maybe you've got questions or comments about the shows, uh, you can also... Uh, on some of the uh, other pages on Facebook. Also on my Twitter handle, Ted and Buck CEO. CEO is in capital letters. Uh, you can follow me there and also get updates through Twitter and or on my personal page on LinkedIn.com as well. So lots of great ways to connect with the show and lots of great ways to keep updated and informed about who's coming on the show. Um, but thank you again this morning for joining us here live on the blogtalkradio.com network. Okay, so as I said, we've got uh, two great guests this morning. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my first one. And then I will uh, uh, bring her out as she's very patiently waiting. Um, my first guest, of course, is Maya Schechter. She is a Symmetra Tour player and winner of her first event, the seventh annual Four Wins Invitational, this past weekend. And uh, very, very impressive win. She fired a six under par 66 in the final round to erase a five-stroke deficit and, of course, become a Symmetra Tour champion. Uh, she's a University of North Carolina alumna. And uh, Maya now will compete this week as well in the Forsyth Classic at Hickory Point, uh, excuse me, Hickory Point Golf Course, uh, June 15th to 17th. So without further uh, ado, let me welcome my very special guest, uh, first guest this morning, Maya Schechter. Good morning, Maya. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, thank you for joining me and, and congratulations on the win. 
you. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely uh, feels pretty good, it, you know, just uh, good building blocks for the season. So I'm excited. Well, exactly. And as you should be, and we're going to talk a little bit about your deficit here in just a second, but uh, tell us a little bit about the win. This is, as I mentioned just a moment ago, this is your first win, uh, of course, uh, on the Symmetra Tour. So uh, the first one is always, you know, if you talk to any of the other uh, professionals out there, always say the first win is the hardest win uh, because you're just, you know, you're sort of testing your, the waters, if you will, a lot of times. Uh, you know, you're obviously you know you're, you're an accomplished player, but until you get that first win under your belt, sometimes uh, it can be a little bit daunting out on tour. So this is a great way to, to come out in the season and, and win an event like that. So tell us a little bit about how you feel now that you've crossed that, that hurdle. Um, obviously it's a very sweet victory. So tell us a little bit about it. Um, yeah. So I, I guess going into the week, um, felt pretty good. And obviously it feels great to have a win. And, um, I think I went, as you said, went into the round with, uh, five strokes back of the lead. So I kind of going into the round felt like I had to play pretty well. At the same time, you just kind of stick to your process and, what you can control what you can control and just go play your game and see see where you end up I think um kind of it was my first win but at the same time I kind of played chasing the leaders the whole day and even when I was technically at the top of the leaderboard I I thought the leaders were a couple groups behind me or the they were a couple groups behind me with um really good players so I felt like I still had to keep sticking to my process and, and not get comfortable. So I, I feel like that was kind of helpful um, having the first win, stay aggressive in my game plan and, and wasn't really being chased per se. Um, so I don't know if if that was uh, something to do with it, just having that mindset of go play my own game and then obviously had to play the win waiting for the last couple of groups to come in to see if my, my name would stay on top. But it was a good – yeah, it was definitely a fun day. Um it's still a little bit surreal, but you know, you just gotta <laughs> accept it. And obviously, there's another week here in in Decatur, Illinois. So life kind of goes on. You gotta stay in the process and, and get ready for the next one. Right. Well said. Um, and and again, congratulations, Maya. Now, what's interesting is, you know, you 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 just explained that you're obviously aware of your surroundings. You know that. Uh, there's other groups coming up, and but you focused on your own game. Was there ever a point, um, knowing that you had a five-shot deficit, was there a point throughout the process that you thought, I'm not sure, this is a pretty big deficit? You know, one or two strokes, you can kind of wrap your mind, but five strokes is quite a bit. Was there any point throughout that last round that you thought, I'm not sure if I can do this? Um, No, and I actually think I never really thought about it to be honest, it's kind of like I started, I didn't know that I was five back starting the final round actually, but I felt um, like I was playing really well and um, I'd been making a lot of birdies all week. So I kind of felt like if I just went and played like I was playing, then just see how things ended up. So I wasn't, I didn't really have like a score in mind or any, anything like that. It was just kind of go play golf in that course really well for me and obviously I, I really like the course and um these shots really and I felt like conditions were uh really ideal for scoring and you could kind of go for some pins and 
and the par fives were were kind of reachable. So I think just going into the day, it was it didn't I didn't approach it like a final round and I was trying to win. It was kind of like I had my game plan for the week and it had been working all week. So just go out and execute that game plan again. Right, right, exactly. Um, now, are you a leaderboard watcher? Are you some players like to to kind of know who's where and and what, or are you somebody that's that stays very focused in your own game and sort of lets things happen as they unfold? Or or how do you consider? How do you sort of go around the round? Do you do you pay attention to to where the leaders are, um, or or do you just stay so focused on your own game that that's not uh, important while you're out there playing? I think it's a little mix of the of both. I I think it's really not look at the leaderboard. I mean, they're they're like huge billboards out there. So you know, <laughs> like I, I physically <laughs> right. I don't know how I wouldn't be able to see it. Um, I don't know how people do right. that, but I look at it and then um, just kind of not internalizing what you see so much. So it's you see the names and the scores, but it didn't ever affect my decision-making. So, it, you know, it didn't force me to go for more pins or, or, um, right. I didn't score. So I think, yes, I saw the names and saw the scores, but at the same time it was, I had my game plan and, um, I just kind of stuck to that. So it was kind of a mix of, of both. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you're exactly right. I think it's, it's very difficult to, to go around, especially when you've got, uh, as you said, a billboard, uh, you know, around uh, just about every corner, um, it, it's almost impossible not to see what's going on. But I like the fact, what impresses me is the fact that you didn't let what the, the numbers were, were showing on the board dictate how you were going to play. Like, in other words, you know, when you became aware that you were five shots back, you didn't suddenly go, yikes, you know, I got to, I suddenly got to step up my game. If I want to have a chance at this tournament, you stayed focused, you went in with a game plan and you worked through that game plan throughout the final round. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I would say the only time that I maybe kind of adjusted a little bit was when, um, as I'm sure, you know, we had like a hour 45 minute delay there in the middle of the round towards the end of the round, we were on, uh, 15T, and it was pouring rain, so the course was unplayable. So we had to go into the clubhouse for a little bit, and then uh, I knew where I stood at that point, and I had four more holes. And I had read somewhere that, you know, the leader, the person that wins is oftentimes the person that can, you know, finish the last three holes even par. So it's, you know, coming down the stretch, it's really easy, especially um, – with the last four holes at Blackthorn, there's a par five that's pretty reachable and um, definitely scorable holes. But I, I think going into those holes um, after the delay, I wasn't settling for par, but it was definitely like hitting to center side of pins and um, taking taking lines that I knew that I could execute and picking targets that I was really confident in, um, which I guess was my game plan the whole time. But I was, I guess, a little bit more conscious of that. And then uh, the last hole definitely just hit to the middle of the green. <laughs> so that was probably the only right. time I adjusted the game plan a little bit. <laughs> right. And and you're exactly right. You've got to be able to adjust sometimes on the fly to conditions, um, you know, whether it be because of a rain delay or 
or just different uh, circumstances on the golf course, but ultimately you stay focused on your game plan. Let me ask you a question, and I think for a lot of the amateurs out there that are tuning into the show this morning might wonder this. You know, as amateurs, you know, they go out and they play a round of golf, and, you know, when they start coming around the, the turn, if you will, uh, you know, a little fatigue sometimes can set in. They get tired. It's, you know, they maybe if they're walking, you know, they're, they're walking a little while, you know, pulling or carrying their, their golf bag. But you play several rounds. What do you do to keep that stamina going through three rounds of golf? Because obviously you do get a little bit of rest at the end of the day um, and prep, you know, prepare for the next round. Um, but that's three rounds in a row. That's, that's a lot of golf. What do you do to keep yourself in shape? And, and what do you do to keep yourself that stamina going for the tournament? Yeah, I think there's a few things. Um, one is, is working out. I mean, that's, but that's more on the preparation side of things. So uh, definitely in the off season, getting in good shape and then maintaining that throughout the season and, and, you know, just being able to physically endure three rounds. Um, Cause we do, we do have to walk and um, some courses are easier to walk than others. Luckily this past week really wasn't a difficult walking course. So, um, but I think that's, kind of more on the preparation side is is working out and um getting in in good physical shape and then I'm on the golf course for me one of the big things is snacking so I I kind of graze throughout the round (laughs) so I have I mean my bag is full of snacks so I'm always eating and making sure I'm drinking lots of water because I know um kind of early in my career I would kind of fizzle out at the end the last couple holes and I found out that I really just wasn't drinking enough water. So, but at the point that you're thirsty, you're already too dehydrated. So I think drinking a lot of water is key, um, especially when it is hot and which is, it's hard to make yourself drink water when it's pouring down rain, but you still have to make sure you you get your fuel. Um, So I think that's a huge part of it. And then I think what a lot of amateurs don't realize is how much um, energy it takes to, um, when you express like big emotions, like when you get really frustrated or angry or really happy, I mean, that takes a lot of energy out of you. So I think something that I try to do is, is stay, stay really kind of even keel throughout all the rounds. So you're not having the big highs and the big lows because that, that can just drain you. So I think, um, that's a big part of it for me is, is kind of expending as little energy on emotions as I can. And, and kind of, you know, great shot or not great shot. You just kind of have to pick up your bag and go to the next one and keep hitting it. So I think that's a big part of it because it is, it is a lot of golf and you can't get too stuck on one shot. So I think that's, that's one of my keys for being able to play three rounds or four rounds in a row. Right. Yeah. And you, you've got to, um, you know, it's not just, you know, people don't understand. I, I think they, they look at golf and because it's not quote unquote, a contact sport, they don't understand that there is still a lot of physical involvement in the game. I mean, you're swinging that golf club, you know, a hundred plus miles an hour. And, you know, in the case of tour players, you know, they're walking, they're not taking a, a golf cart in, in majority of cases around. So there's a lot of walking involved and you're walking several miles around. What, um, Maya, what gave you the most confidence this week? What part of your game uh, gave you the most confidence when you come in this week? 
Um, I so we had a week off before before last week, um, which was really helpful for me to kind of regroup because I had missed five of the last six cuts. So I, I was ready to have a week to see my coaches and work on things. So one of the big things, obviously, is short game and and working on getting that technique a little cleaned up and um, getting better contact on chips and being able to control control the golf ball a little bit better around the greens. Um, so that was big because that kind of frees you up from the fairway when you have a an approach shot and you feel like you're able to get up and down even if you do miss the green, then you kind of feel a little more relaxed um, standing in the fairway. So I think that was big. And then early in the week, I was just working on uh, swing and getting good contact and, and checking my fundamentals and found – my grip was getting a little weak and my stance was uh, getting a little close. So I was hitting these kind of blocks. So I worked on those two things and, and that really uh, helped with the ball striking and um, felt like when I picked my target that that's where it was going to go. So that was, that was a big key for me. Now my, I know from reading some of your stats that you're a tall player, you're, I believe six, two, is that correct? You know, that is actually not correct. <laughs> I'm six feet. I don't oh. know why it says six two. I have actually tried to get it changed. <laughs> but I mean still, six yeah, I'm not a short person. So well, so, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, yeah, they need they need to change that because I'm six foot four and I was thinking, Wow, this is a this is a tall young lady. Um so even six <laughs> feet is still fairly fairly tall for most women. Most women kinda hover, you know, anywhere from five seven to about five ten. Um in that range is sort of the average, but, um, but being a tall player can have both advantages and disadvantages and advantages can be, obviously you can create a, a wider arc and uh, also in many cases, even generate more club head speed just through centrifugal force. Is there, do you, have you ever had issues as a taller player? Because obviously you have a little bit longer legs um, where early on in your career, where you maybe swayed a little bit more, because it seems the shorter players seem to be able to balance better over the ball than taller players. I know that was an issue for me early on. Was it ever an issue for you? Did you ever find being a tall player that that was um, a th- something that you really had to work on was to not sway so much in, in, uh, in your swing? Uh, yeah, I think early on that was one of the things um, for sure. And I do, I think as a tall player too, you, you just have a longer or so, and for me, that uh, can lead to, if I'm not careful, some lower back pain because it's just a lot more kind of body that you have to control. So I definitely have to work a lot on activation. So before rounds, I do I do a lot of um, preparation and um, stretching and, and activation to make sure that my body's ready to swing a golf club because it is, it is such an explosive movement. You have to be, you know, ready for ready for that movement or you can you can cause injury so i think that's a big big thing is you do have longer levers and being able to control those levers kind of takes a little bit more strength i think um but yeah if you can if you can time it all and get it all right you definitely have a little bit of an advantage with the longer limbs but swing i think is one of the one of the i guess swing faults that is common for for tall people, I would say. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah, a lot of players, taller players, um, I, I think it's changing now with some of the modern swing theories and that, but tall players traditionally used to have more of an upright swing um, where shorter players, it was a little flatter uh, uh, plane, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you uh, as well, is there a part of your game that you most struggle with or have over over the uh, the course of your career thus far um, that you have to work the most at the hardest at in order to keep it in check? Um, the combination of things. Um, so I'm all trying to just hit more greens because I think the more greens you hit, the less stress you put on your game in general, and it's a lot easier to, to two putt, I think, than uh, to get up and down, obviously depending on, on the putt and the tip. But um, so I, that's kind of a big thing for me is the more greens I hit, the better I play. And then added to that, I mean, if you get up and down 60% of the time and you miss 10 greens, you're going to make four bogeys where if, if you miss, you know, five greens and you only make two bogeys. So it's kind of that those two are very connected. I think that if you make your bogeys and have more opportunities for birdies, so um, hitting more greens, but then also being able to, to save. So it's kind of, those two are the big, big ones for me because I do I do hit the driver pretty well and I'm in in play a lot of the you know most of the time so I think um yeah hitting hitting greens hitting a few shots a little closer so I can get some some more birdies and uh easy pars and then making sure I I save par when I do miss a green is obviously big so I yeah sorry no easy answer there no (laughs) kind of a little bit of everything (laughs) No, that's good. It's a mixed bag, as they say. Well, you're allowed to have 14 clubs in the bag, so you got to be able to, to use them all. Um, so, Maya, let me ask you, again, being, being a tall player, um, is your tempo and timing kind of slow, like a Freddie Couples, let's say, as an example, or are you a pretty quick player? Is your tempo and timing pretty quick uh, compared to maybe somebody else? Um, I would say I'm more Ernie Els was kind of my is one of my favorite golfers and I would relate to him more in that kind of Okay. Easier tempo. Yeah. Um and also yeah. I'm like not a very fast moving person in general. So um definitely right. slower tempo. But people I think has a misconception because I'm definitely swinging hard, but it just doesn't look like it. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Well, and that's no, yeah, and that's ex- exactly the same. Right, that's exactly the same with with both Freddie Couples and Ernie Els. You know, it's very uh, misleading because when you look at them, it's kind of the silky smooth, you know, backswing, and and you know they used to kid Freddie player uh, uh, Freddie Couples on the uh, the course that it looked like he was just going for a walk in the park because he just never seemed to be in a in a rush. But boy, he could generate a lot of club head speed and get some great distance. So, and same with Ernie L. So it's very misleading. Um, I, I just got a, a final question for you. Actually two questions. Um, first one, obviously you're, you're sort of coming off a high now with this win last weekend. So I know you're pumped and, and the adrenaline's probably going a little bit for this week here. What are you going to do to keep yourself in check that you don't get to? Cause one of the mistakes sometimes coming off of a win like that, 
uh, your adrenaline kind of gets going and you actually hit the ball a little further um, than what you think you're going to hit. Do you do anything to sort of calm things down or you just sort of ride the wave? Uh, you just kind of ride the wave. I think I experienced that a lot in the final round. I was hit everything kind of like a half club more. So, um, and I, I feel like I adjusted for it pretty well. So I, I think um, that'll just take some feeling out in the first, in the first round to see how, how the ball's flying. Um, but yeah, no, adrenaline definitely has an effect on, on how far the ball goes. I don't know. I think going into the first round here, it's kind of a new week, so it, I don't think it'll be flowing right. too much. But um, there's always that. Yeah, you to adjust for that when you when you feel it. Yeah, I, I agree. And and finally, Maya, let me just ask you. Um, maybe you can give a quick tip uh, to some of our our listeners out there. Um, obviously, this is predominantly. Uh, geared for the women's market, and we want to encourage and get more women in. But one of the one of the pitfalls, I guess, that a lot of women face, uh, especially that are new to the game, is they carry a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, a lot of women that maybe have never played golf before, it's new to them. Can you give them a tip that can help them handle that anxiety, um, especially if they're new to the game? They're a little bit nervous. You know, they they don't know what to do sometimes. Um, they haven't played very long, that sort of thing. Is there anything that you could say to the general audience that say, this is what I do if I'm getting a little bit anxious about playing? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have so many tips. <laughs> the toolbox is in that regard. That's kind of my uh, my specialty. <laughs> no, uh, let's see. I guess to start is um, – I do I do a lot of meditation, so that's really helpful for me and uh, focusing on breathing, and it's something you can control. And um, I think a lot of anxiety comes from uh, kind of social anticipation of how people are going to perceive you. And I think realizing that it's it's not the end of the world if you if you whiff a shot or shank, shank it. I mean, it's it's like it's golf. So the world keeps regardless of what you do. Um, I think that's huge and, and having that perspective and also being grateful that you can be out there playing golf and it's, you get to be outside playing a sport that um, either you love or you're, you're starting to love or you. So I think that's a big part of it. And then um, something that was really helpful for me this past week, um, I read in an article that uh, your body perceives nervousness and excitement in the same way so you, you kind of release the same hormones and have the same um, physiological uh, effects so you kind of start breathing a little faster and your heart races a little faster and um, but it's the same kind of body response to those two emotions so when you're feeling nervous right you're just you can reframe it as excitement um, and your body feels the same way but your mind kind of adjusts to that mindset so I think I mean that was huge for me this past week because there were definitely some shots where I was really nervous but then you just kind of tell yourself that well I'm really excited to hit this shot because it's an opportunity to be outside and to hit a great golf shot and you just see where see what happens so I think I think that's big for me is just framing of of the situation because it's you know it's it's just golf and it's just how you 
how you frame that situation is, is really up to you and it's a controllable and uh, you don't want to give that control away to anyone else. So, um, sorry, long answer. There's just so many tools in nope. the toolbox for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you pulled a great one out of the toolbox, Maya. That was, that was excellent. And, and uh, that was exactly what I was looking for. Um, well, let me just say this again. Congratulations on your win this past weekend. And I hope that you will use the momentum from that uh, play and, and what you learned playing the, the last few rounds uh, in this past uh, tournament uh, to be able to help you put a, a good game plan together for this week. So good luck this week in Decatur uh, at the Forsyth Classic. And again, congratulations on your win. And thank you very much for spending time with me this morning on the Women of Golf. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. All right. You have a great one. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was my very special guest, uh, Maya Schechter, winner of the Four Wins Invitational uh, this past uh, uh, weekend. And, of course, she's winding up and gearing up, if you will, uh, to play in this week's uh, Forsyth Classic and Decatur, Illinois. So I'm sure she's uh, very eager to get out there and uh, and get warmed up and, and practice up uh, and and take some of the uh, uh, the lessons that she learned this past week uh, through her win out there on uh, on a new golf course and uh, we wish her well. Uh, as I mentioned, I've got another great guest coming up here and I'm just waiting for her to uh, come on board. I'll tell you a little bit about her so that when she comes on, we'll just uh, we'll just get right into the discussion. Uh, Jillian Hollis, of course, is a symmetric tour player as well. She made her professional debut. Uh, at the U.S. Women's Open, and not only made the cut, but finished a solo 62nd. Uh, she'll make her Symmetra Tour uh, professional debut this week in Decatur uh, alongside uh, Maya at the Forsyth Classic. Uh, all this comes after a stellar career at the University of Georgia, where uh, she was a three-time All-American. Uh, Jillian uh, notched a seven, uh, seven top ten finishes in nine tournaments during the 2017-18 season, including victories at the 3M uh, Augusta Invitational and the Ping ASU Invitational. Uh, she also shattered the Georgia stroke average record and finished the season at 71.04. And in 26 rounds, she posted 18 par or better tallies with eight scores in the 60s. So uh, definitely a very uh, accomplished player and uh, very excited to be able to have her on the show this morning. So um, while I wait for her to come on board, let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live uh, every Tuesday morning here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, again, best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just simply type women of golf uh, up in the search key and uh, that will take you to the main page. And for some reason, if you're not able to uh, join us live uh, on the Tuesday morning broadcast from 9 to 10, uh, not to worry, just visit that link. And if you scroll down to the on-demand section, uh, you can listen to all of the shows uh, in their entirety. Of course, uh, they are all auto-recorded, uh, so you can just tune in when it's convenient for you. But we hope uh, uh, that you can join us live, and we're glad and grateful for those that uh, are able to uh, join us live every Tuesday morning. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Cindy Miller uh, was off this week. She was off last week as well, and I believe, if I remember uh, from our discussion beforehand, I believe she was playing in a Symmetra Tour, or sorry, a Legends Tour event uh, last week. And I believe this week she's off doing a corporate event, uh, but she'll be returning next week on the show as well. And uh, we'll have uh, some more interesting guests and things like that. Some other great ways that you can tune into the program, if you go to uh, iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, or TuneIn.com, and again, uh, just simply type in Women of Golf, 
that will take you there as well. And you can listen uh, on any of those social media platforms uh, if you choose. Whatever, uh, whatever way you want to tune in, we're just glad that you are. And uh, always, uh, you know, interesting talking with some of these young ladies. Maya, of course, just uh, winning her first tournament on the Symmetra Tour this past weekend uh, at the Four Winds Invitational. And, you know, one of the interesting things about talking with some of these young ladies that, uh, that I find is the level of focus. And this is something that, um, you know, I think a lot of our amateur players, um, you know, need to really pay attention to. Um, they're not so focused that they're oblivious to what's going on around them, but they're focused enough uh, at what the task at hand is. And if you listen to the conversation, and if you missed it, um, listen to the program a little bit later on, go back and listen to the recorded version, and you'll pick up on some of that. But um, one of the interesting things that Maya had mentioned in her uh, segment was that even though she's aware and conscious of what's happening around, uh, she certainly does watch the leaderboard, and is uh, fairly conscious of what other players are doing, uh, she still stays focused on her game plan. So uh, very, very important tip for you uh, amateur golfers out there uh, from some of the pros that we have on. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we've got a, a great guest coming on now, uh, Jillian Hollis. I've told you a little bit about her, so let me just bring her on and, and welcome her to the show. Good morning, Jillian, and welcome to Women of Golf. Morning, Ted. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Wow, that was a... That was an energy-filled uh, good morning. Thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, glad <laughs> you're obviously to be here. you're you're obviously pumped up and ready to go. So, um, thank you for for coming on this morning. I know that you're getting ready to play uh, in the uh, the Forsyth Classic up in Decatur. So uh, I know you've got to uh, to get busy preparing for that. And I know you have been preparing for that. But uh, I want to go back just a little bit and talk about the U.S. Open. Um, you obviously made the cut, and you did uh, finish, uh, I believe, 62nd, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, solo 62nd. So that's uh, certainly a great accomplishment. But I want to ask you, uh, Jillian, I, I can imagine that's obviously a, a very exciting moment. I mean, the U.S. Open, to be able to play with some very, very accomplished players. What, what experience do you think, or what did you gain playing in a tough event like a U.S. Open? What, what knowledge did you take from that? Oh, definitely. It was so exciting. And it was actually my first tournament as a professional. I just finished up at the University of Georgia. So it's pretty exciting right. having that as my first pro tournament and making a cut was even better. Um, I definitely <laughs> gained the knowledge of playing under a lot of stress and playing under um, – like, we played a lot of golf during that tournament. They got rained out the one day, uh, so I played, like, thirty hole, 31 holes in one day and then woke back, like, went to bed, woke back up and uh, played the next day, played 18 holes. So it was learning how to play when I was wow. really tired and um, just kind of battling through that. But it was cool seeing how everybody practices and everyone just does different things. Like, no one no one has their same routine and I. I think the most important thing is, and what I've heard from a lot of the pros is don't don't copy somebody else and what they're doing because what they're doing might not always work for you. Everybody's different, and obviously you want to practice all your fundamentals and everything, but um, I think sticking to your game plan is the most important. I, I agree, and I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly um, the way you have to deal with things. We are 
all uh, uniquely individual and different from one another. And you're right. I mean, you can certainly take some cues and some tips from another player. I mean, you can look at certain things and say, you know, I'm going to give that a try. And if it works for me, great. If it doesn't, you know, I'm not going to sweat it. Um, but I think one of the big mistakes that a lot of amateurs make um, by watching the pros is they say, well, I, you know, I see that player I like, and I want to copy my swing or I want to copy everything like they do. And when they come to somebody like me that, that teaches golf, they say, well, make me, you know, play like a Freddie Couples or, or somebody like that. And it's, well, you don't have his body style. You don't have his tempo and timing. So it's very difficult. And I, I think that they, they try to emulate too much. But you well said what you, what you just spoke. Um, Jillian, I want to ask you something that I I'm, talked a little bit about. And you, you actually gave me a great lead in for this by, by talking about having to play 31 holes in one day because of a delay. What do you do that helps you with your stamina? Because you're obviously playing uh, several rounds uh, in a tournament. It's not like... Uh, your weekend warriors that go out and maybe play a round of golf every every now and then. So you got to go out there and you got to be tournament ready. What do you do to make yourself physically tournament ready so that you can keep that momentum going for three or sometimes even four rounds? Right. So I think the, a big thing for me is learning when to take breaks because I will golf every day if I can get the opportunity to. And um, my coach and my, my mom played on the tour, and so they always – they always tell me that it's really important to take breaks for your body and um, just just to know when enough is enough. Like before this tournament, I'd played seven weeks in a row in eight different states. So I was playing a lot of golf, and wow. I didn't realize how, how tired my body actually was and how not, e- not only physically but mentally you get, you get really drained. So just knowing, and this is my first time, playing on the Symmetra Tour. This is going to be my first Symmetra event coming up. So I know they do the three- and four-week stretches. And just knowing how many weeks is really good for me. I unfortunately had to withdraw from this last tournament just because it was so much and my body couldn't take it. Um, And I think it was the best for me. And I took this whole week and just kind of relaxed and worked on my short game and um, got to go home back to Cleveland, Ohio for a little bit and – just recharging the batteries, and I know it's hard to take time off, but I think that's really important for me. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I think um, one of the things, especially for a lot of the new players out on tour, um, it can be very easy to get burned out because they, they want to play in as many events as they can, um, but they're not really used to a tournament schedule yet, per se, to the, to the level that they're experiencing now. And you're exactly right. It can be very easy to, to over-exhaust yourself. And then you come into an event like this week, and you're, you're exhausted, you're tired, and you just don't have the energy, and you're not playing your best because of that. Um, right. Obviously I, I mentioned, right. obviously, I mentioned before you came on, uh, and, and you pointed to as well, that you uh, uh, played at the University of Georgia. You were actually a three-time All-American. Uh, so congratulations for, on that. Uh, that's obviously you played Thank very you. well. Um, and you're not – yeah, you notched seven top ten finishes in nine tournaments uh, during the the seventeen eighteen season, and uh, included some victories at three M uh, Augusta Invitational and the Ping ASU Invitational. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What did you learn while you were playing at the University of Georgia that has really given you some good root system, if you will, for playing now professionally? Oh, I mean, I learned so much. I think the biggest thing I learned and. People always ask me, and I was like, oh, what is it, what's the biggest takeaway you've gotten from college golf? And 
I think the biggest takeaway is learning how to deal with adversity and to deal with your your other life, like school and friends and coaches and teammates and other personalities while playing golf. So you have to play good golf through all of that and through the good and the bad. And I think that's what you're going to see a lot when you go on the Symmetra Tour. I've heard of, you know, people who make it and people who don't. And the people who do make it, I believe, are the people that can handle the adversity and handle something happening on the road, like being able to go play golf regardless of your circumstances. Like, you don't – not everything has to line up perfectly for you to have a good tournament or have a good round. Like, bad things are going to happen sometimes. Like, that's just life. And I think people right. who can handle those the best are going to be successful. Right. You're, you're exactly right. How you handle a- adversity. So obviously, um, you know, Jillian, there's, there's going to be moments throughout your career um, where pressure situations mount and anxiety sometimes can set in. Um, what do you do? Do you have some tools in your toolbox, if you will, that you pull out to help you deal with anxious moments? Yeah, I mean, every circumstance is different. And, like, when I I won at Augusta, it was a lot different than when I won in Arizona because I played really good golf um, the first two days. And then I had a big lead. And the last day, I just kind of, oh, I shot three under the last day. But I was pretty nervous to, to start with, and I ended up shooting four under on the back. So I, like, got a hold of my emotions and, you know, learn from that and, you know, finish strong on the back nine. And I took that to my next tournament and I was like, okay, I'm going to like, I I think I can win, you know, two in a row. Like, why not? Why not try to do it? And I kind of tried to keep that attitude, even though I didn't play super well the first two rounds. Like I played okay. I played well the first round, played okay the second round. And then it was my birthday on the Sunday of the final round at ASU, and I was like, let's just make something really cool happen today. Let's, let's be patient, but it's my birthday. Like, I'm not, I'm not home celebrating with my friends, so why not see what I can do? So I think I, was, I had a bogey, and then I had a birdie on the front nine, a birdie nine. And then on the back nine, I had three more birdies in a row, and I was like, when I was making those birdies, I always thought to myself, like, oh, I'm making another birdie, like, and then I'd quick snap myself out of it and stop, I'd be like, stop thinking that way, let's just make more birdies. So I just tried to close on every opportunity that I could. And I right. had to do seven under What's... the final day and winning the tournament, so that was pretty cool on my birthday. Yeah. I, 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 what a great birthday present. Yeah, you had to be pretty stoked about that. Uh, a double celebration. Not only do you have a, a birthday, but uh, you get to celebrate the win as well. So that, that's fa- fantastic. What about now? Obviously, everybody has strong areas in their game. Uh, some are, are you know, really good drivers. Others have a pretty good short game. But very few players um, are good at everything. There's a weak area and there's a strong area in your game. What are the weak and strong areas of your game? And what do you have to work most on uh, each week to, to play your best? I mean, I am a firm believer of no one wins a golf tournament without their putter. Like, if you're putting well, right. you have the opportunity to win every tournament just because you make putts and you make birdies. Um, 
So I think that's one of the strongest points in my game. I switched putters um, this season, and I putted so well. So I think that's a really strong part of my game right now. I struggled a bit with my chipping um, in the beginning of the year, so I really worked on that. And I think my chipping is really good now. And I think people go up and down in their games. I think uh, I'm very strong sure. in all the, par- all the areas of my game right now. But um, yeah, everything, could, everything can always use improvement. Right. Yeah, you're never exactly right. You're never going to master everything. I mean, you talk to some of the best players in the world, male or female, and they'll all tell you the same thing is you'll you can be very accomplished at many parts of your game, but you will never master any of them because there's always it depends on how you feel. It depends on what's happening, the circumstances. You can come out there and your putter can let you down or it can be, uh, you know, you're saving grace that weekend. So things can change a lot. You're exactly right. Um now, you obviously uh, have a personality that's very uh, excitable. You're very upbeat. Um, but obviously, okay. uh, again, we have – yeah, no, I, I mean, the moment you came on air, I, I knew right away. I could say this, this young lady is very upbeat and very excitable and a very uh, happy-go-lucky uh, individual. And that serves you well, I, I guarantee, uh, playing out there week in, week out, uh, even in some of your um, more difficult moments. Um, when you step away from the golf course and you're doing other things, um, what do you enjoy doing? What, what gives you the most amount of uh, excitement or enjoyment away from the golf course? Oh, I love spending time with my family. I mean, they're, they're my support system. And like I said, I just went home and recharged the batteries and they're, I love being around them because I've, I've been around them my whole life and, I just I love them so much, and they want always want the best for me. So I think spending quality time with them is is so refreshing for me, just because I'm at, I've been at school so much. So when I do get the chance to see them or see friends, it's it's nice to go do that and relax and stuff. Right? Do your do you a lot of your friends play golf? Like a lot of your girlfriends that you grew up with, um, do they play golf or, or are they kind of um, do other things that they prefer to do? Yeah, so I have a lot of really good friends that, and I think a lot of golfers will say this, but I have a lot of really good friends that live in other states that play golf uh, that I've just met through golf. And some of my best friends play golf, like the University of Alabama and North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Like, I, I have a lot of really good friends from all over. So I, I definitely say my good friends play golf, but even, you know, being at, at UGA, I have friends that do other sports, and I, I think I get along really well with people who play sports just because they understand the grind and they other, understand, you know, sacrificing things and uh, to sacrificing things for your sport, like time and, you know, seeing your friends. I don't get to see them that often, but uh, definitely being around those kinds of individuals really inspires me and uh, pushes, they push me to be better. So I think I like people who, who push me to be better. I love being around those kind of people. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's always good to have uh, a circle of friends and family uh, who are supportive and are sort of your mini cheerleader. Cause you can kind of play that in your mental Rolodex when you're out there and, and having a difficult time, you can play those, 
memories, if you will, of, of them sort of cheering you on. And that's a great way to, to keep the, uh, the momentum going and, and keeping the spirits up through, through difficult challenges. So um, you're, coming into the, you're coming into this week. You've had a, a great career at the University of, of Georgia. Um, and this is going to be your first, your, your debut Symmetra Tour event. What did you do um, mentally and what did you do physically to prepare for this event? Or did you do anything? I know you took some time off, but um, worked a little yeah. bit on your short game. Was there, anything, was there anything specific that you said, okay, I need to do this to make sure I have a good solid finish and hopefully win the tournament? I needed to work on my wedges. I found that huge through a couple of my tournaments um, this year and like this spring. There was a couple like I I won the I won the tournament in Augusta and then I won the tournament in Arizona and then we played at my home course uh, at University of Georgia and I shot six under and I think seven or yeah six under and seven under one. So I came in second for that, and I think I could have won that one had my wedges have been a little bit better. And that's what, you know, my mom comes to all my tournaments, and she knows my game more than anybody. So she's like, if you can just dial in your wedges, it's going to be great. Um, so I worked really hard on that, just go, just going on the golf course with her and doing distances because I think you can get pretty bored if you just – I mean, I definitely think you need to fundamentally work on your wedges on the range – but I think you can get pretty bored just hitting golf balls on the range. So I really like to go out sure. in the golf course and hit different kinds of shots and, you know, try and hit a pitching wedge uh, 80 yards and just doing different things like that just to get touch and feel. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right um, about that, Jillian. You know, one of the things that uh, a lot of uh, golf instructors and coaches are doing now is is more playing lessons than on the practice tee because that, you know, that's one of the worst things that I see in, in my teaching with a lot of amateurs is they get up on the range and they just sort of rake golf balls and hit one after another. And there's no real practice with purpose. And then when they get up in the golf course, they wonder why they can't take the range game with them out to the golf course. It's because they haven't really put it into practice. So you, you're exactly right. You've got to get out there in, in real course uh, situations and you've got to be able to um, deal with it because you're not always going to get a perfect lie or, uh, the ball's not always going to be teed up, certainly not in the middle of the fairway. So, um, you know, you might be in, a, in somebody's divot, and uh, you've got to know how to be able to hit that uh, shot well and, and understand what's going to happen when the ball comes out. Um, I, I want to close off because we're running out of time, but uh, I know you've, you've got to get going. You want to get ready for, for this uh, week's tournament. But I would like for you to offer a tip, and uh, rather than sort of just doing it general to, to the general audience, um, I, I want to specifically target a group of them. Um, I know once you were a tween, and I say that T-W-E and not teen, tween, um, that, you know, can be very excited. They, they love that. What would you say to them about golf to get them interested in game? Because the younger we get them started, um, the better it is going to be for the industry. So if you had their voice or, or were able to be a voice for them right now, what would you say to some of the tweens out there and say, hey, guys, you need to come out and play golf, and here's why? Oh, my gosh. There are so many reasons why you should play golf. I think the biggest reason is you're going to have it your whole life. Like, it's going to be whether you do it competitively or not. Like, it's something that if you go into business, like, you have golf, and everybody likes to go to golf golf outings when they are in the business world. Like, that's what, that's what people do. That's how you make friendships and relationships with other people. Like, 
you can just go out with your friends and do it, and you can do it till you're a hundred. Like it's it's the one sport that right has the longevity. You can you can do it forever. And I actually I played golf until I was about twelve, and I quit because I didn't like it anymore. And my mom was like, okay, you know, didn't push me or anything. She knew I had a lot of talent, but she knew if I didn't like it that I you know I right. why play something that you don't like. So right. I took the summer off and I came back to it and my mom signed me up for like, I came back the next year and my mom signed me up for all these tournaments with the boys. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll yeah. give it another shot. And I played in these tournaments with the boys and I started beating them. And I thought that was the most <laughs> fun thing because I was beating the boys, you know, on the golf course. Right. And I, I just, I loved that. And I, I love playing with boys or girls or, older people or younger people like you can play with anybody and golf really a game for everybody so i i mean i would yeah. encourage anybody to at least give it a try um yeah it's my favorite thing to do in the entire world i you know i would love it if i could play it forever and i you know hope to um everyone in my family plays and i just think it's so fun so well, girlies, give it give it a shot, and guys, I don't regret it. <laughs> I agree. Plus, you don't get hurt a, playing golf. A, like I played, I played basketball and volleyball, and I always get hurt because I was the one who was like, I was just really aggressive on defense. I had all these bruises, and then I played golf, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. My body doesn't hurt anymore. This is great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, well said, and what a great message for some of those young tweens out there. Um, obviously, uh, I know you, you've mentioned a couple times about your mom coming around with you and that, so it's obviously she's a great support system. And it doesn't hurt to have mom around too uh, during a tournament to maybe get in a little power shopping once in a while. So I'm sure that is an oh, added yeah. benefit of having mom uh, come with you. And, and what uh, what young lady wouldn't like to do a little power shopping uh, once in a while on that? So. <laughs> So let me just I say this, Jillian, shopping. as we me personally. What? What? No. But I, <laughs> I, I, I really don't like shopping that much, but you know, we do tons of other things, like go to dinner and go to the movies, and we find so many fun things to do on the road because, like, you go play and then you want, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not in golf mode all the time. You, you gotta take a little break or something. So we find we find a lot of other things to do. Right. Well said. Well, Jillian, I want to take this opportunity first off to thank you very much for uh, for coming on this morning in the Women of Golf Show. I appreciate it, and I would love to have you uh, come back on again sometime uh, when when your schedule permits. Um, but good luck this week uh, in the uh, Forsyth Classic. I hope that uh, you play well. I know you'll play well, and just uh, keep up the enthusiasm and keep up the excitement. And uh, just enjoy yourself while out there, because it is certainly the greatest game, uh, in my opinion, as well, on Earth. So enjoy it, and thank you, uh, Jillian, for joining me this morning. Oh, Ted, thank you so much for having me. Happy to do it. All right. You have a great one, and good luck this weekend. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, very special guest, Jillian Hollis, uh, again, playing in her uh, first Symmetra Tour event, uh, the Forsyth Classic, this uh, weekend in Decatur, Illinois. Uh, a uh, former uh, member of the University of Georgia team, golf team, and uh, three-time All-American. 
and uh, certainly a very accomplished player and, and actually uh, won some tournaments. So she's uh, got uh, got some good pedigree, if you will, uh, to be able to uh, get out there and give it her best. So um, I want to thank both of my, my guests, uh, Maya Schechter and Jillian Hollis, once again, for, for joining me this morning on the Women of Golf. And uh, I will be back along with Cindy Miller next week here on the Women of Golf Show. And remember to keep tuning in. Pass the word uh, around. Uh, again, the best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf. And that is the uh, the main show link. And each and every week we have uh, some interesting guests and, uh, and um, interesting discussions. So I hope you'll continue to, to tune in and I hope you'll spread the word. Uh, this is a great way for um, a, a lot of golfers in general, but particularly for women. Uh, we want to really grow the game. And this is an area that's uh, has certainly become the fastest growing demographic, uh, particularly young girls from about 13 right up to uh, uh, young women in their early 30s as the fastest growing demographic, if you will, uh, in golf today. And we want to keep that momentum going. The more young ladies that we get coming into the game, uh, we know that they'll enjoy it and have fun, as, as Jillian pointed out. So at least give it a try. Uh, and remember, keep joining us uh, each and every week. We'll have some interesting guests and some interesting discussions, so hope you'll tune in. Uh, on behalf of uh, my partner, Cindy Miller, um, I'm Ted Odorico, and we want to thank you for joining us this morning, or joining me this morning and my guests uh, on the Women of Golf Show. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless everybody, and have a great weekend.